Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we'll focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a subsidiary of the nonprofit organization called Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to children and their families around the world. You can find out all of our information at elfempowers.org, and you can find this link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Alexa James. Alexa James, otherwise known as Lexi, is an intuitive life coach and energy healer. Oh, and she happens to be my daughter. Welcome, Lexi. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Great to see you here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So why don't you share with our friends how, um, what you thought you would do when you were younger, when you would grow older, and kind of the journey that has taken you to where you are today? Well, when I was in fifth grade, it was my last year of elementary school. And I remember the whole family still talks about this, about they had us write down what our plans for the future would be. And I wrote down that I wanted to go to UCLA on a Fulbright scholarship as a softball pitcher and then become a famous actress. And that's what I planned to do for a very long time. Of course, I went through the phases of lawyer and magician and all the wonderful things. But as I slowly got older, I played a lot of softball. So I thought maybe I would do that. And then I really loved performing. So I thought that I would do that. And then eventually I was just like, I have no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And eventually as I graduated high school, I thought that I would do something in the wellness industry, physical therapy, maybe, maybe chiropractics, but it ended up being that school was not my cup of tea. And it wasn't something that was on my divine path. And I came around to figuring out that I was born to be a healer. And I started my practice just a little over a few months ago. And it's been the craziest ride. I I seriously would have never guessed that this is what I would be doing. And it still blows my mind every time I get introduced as a healer, I say that I'm a healer as my profession. It's, It's truly the most incredible gift that I could have ever asked for in my entire life. Beautiful. So if I could share with our friends, Um, When you were around 12 years old, you were diagnosed with Graves' disease and overactive thyroid, and you agreed to to medicate for that, but you also had some anxiety and depression, and you refused to medicate for that. Luckily, I had a great team and have a great team of healers that you agreed to meet with, and I believe that you've been training with a female shaman for six years, which has helped you to bring out your gifts. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, as most young kids in my generation struggled with anxiety, with generalized anxiety, social anxiety, a little bit of 
seasonal depression, a lot of OCD, and I did get diagnosed with Graves' disease, which made everything worse, especially my anxiety. And I knew that the Graves' disease was something that I got to medicate because that was a very physical, tangible illness that had a medication that was specifically for it that I knew would regulate my body because it did make it pretty I mean, it was a very debilitating time of my life where it was hard for me to go out and do anything without getting completely winded. And so, so I knew that that was something that I was supposed to medicate. And I, I knew that in my heart, but my mental challenges were something that I really struggled with the idea of medicating. I, I think there was a portion of me that thought that I was faking it and I didn't really have a lot of anxiety. And I just thought that, you know, everybody got worried about everything and no one liked going out with people and being around large groups and things like that. But slowly I, as I started seeing healers, I noticed that I did experience a lot of anxiety. And I think the one thing that really showed that to me was these healers that I was working with lived such calm and peaceful lives. And yes, they were older than me, but it was still when you see, cause I was always surrounded by kids my age who pretty much all had anxiety. So it was just kind of the normal state that I was in. So I didn't think that anything was wrong. But then when you see somebody who lives this easy, peaceful, beautiful life, it really opened up my eyes that the way that I was living was basically in a constant state of fight or flight. And that's just wasn't the way that I really wanted to live. And now that I could see that it's possible through alternative healing to get to a state where you could feel peaceful and not anxious about everything, I knew that that was the, that was just the way that I wanted to go. And I started seeing, I believe the first time I saw a healer and mom, you can correct me if I, if I get this wrong, I saw a Reiki master when I was either 12 or 14. And then I slowly started to see a few other healers. And then I met with a master shaman who I really just clicked with and I just never wanted to stop seeing her because the way that she was able to just see me for who I was and really see that there was something in me that was really passionate and powerful and wanted to help the world. The, the way that she was able to bring that out and help me heal all the things that got in the way and hindered my path to becoming a healer. I, I just didn't, I just wanted to be around her all the time. So I, she actually became my guru and has become my spiritual teacher. And I have been training with her since I was 16. So what is that? That's about five years of really incredible spiritual training about consciousness and energy work and transmutation and all this just truly transformational energy healing that I have been trained in since I was 16. And what I find so amazing is that, you know, I obviously um, had my own challenges around eight years ago and I've been healed with several of these healers. And at first I don't think you were so open to that, but you kind of went with the flow because um, talk therapy was not for you. And starting with that Reiki healer, she was able to talk to you from an intuitive state, which was so beautiful. Um, but what I find so fascinating is what you shared with me um, the other day, and I'd love for you to share with our friends about how you see energy and traumas in the body as spheres and circles, or would you mind uh, elaborating on that? Yeah, 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 totally. So it's different for everybody. Everybody holds energy differently in different ways and in different parts of their auric field. So the way that I'm able to tap into somebody's energetic field is in the seven layers of 
the aura and each layer shows up differently. And, but the, the most common way recently that I believe I was sharing with you is how trauma, the root of it is like this tiny little ball. And there's a bunch of different colored layers that go around it that are basically the protection of that ball. Because once we experience a trauma, there's a large portion of our being that wants to keep it there for whatever reason we come up with, whether it's scary to live without it, we've lived with it for so long, we don't know what life would be like without it or many other reasons. And so we develop, basically, if I can compare it to a physical experience in the body, it's kind of like when your muscles build up scar tissue. And so you have a few different layers and there's different colors. Usually those link with the colors of the chakras or where in your body that feeling comes from. So if you have a root issue of a fear of abandonment, and then that's surrounded by blue, usually that'll tell me there's a piece of self-worth and self-expression in your throat that that's going to go from. So that's what we'll talk about. So it, it kind of looks like a ball with a bunch of little spheres that go around it. And so when I tap in, I can see dependent on how soft or malleable those those outer spheres are will tell me how long you've had the trauma and how attached you are to it. So for instance, if I go in and you can kind of go in and tap it and if it jiggles and it moves really fluidly, that shows me that it'll be really simple and actually probably could be healed straight to the root at the first try because you're not super attached to it. It's very malleable. It's very easy to poke in and really dig out. But a lot of the times those spheres are very, they kind of feel like steel. They're very difficult to poke into. So we get to go layer by layer. And really that is the conversation that I get to have with the client to see how open they are to healing this particular issue. And sometimes even just through a simple 30 minute conversation about this particular issue, at the end of the conversation, they've become so comfortable and safe with the idea of shifting out of this trauma that that's how we can get to it through the body work. So even if it does start out really, really heavy and hard to get through, it can be softened through conversation. So that's one of the ways that I'm able to see energy. And there's, I, I also like to use the meridian points of Chinese medicine. And a lot of those meridian points, that's kind of how I'll see it in the body. So we have different points in our, I mean, there's points everywhere throughout our body, but similarly to how acupuncturists will poke a needle into different meridian points to bring through the flow. That's pretty much what I'll do, but through different methods of acupressure and rolfing and basic, basic massage maneuvers. So many questions. Um, <laughs> I understand auric, auric field and chakras. Some of our friends might not say so want you to expand upon them. But my first question is, you say that you touch these um, energy fields to see if they're, you know, malleable or hard. How do you actually touch them physically? When I'm able to tap into your energetic field, you, I it's sometimes kind of hard to explain because it's not something that's very, it's not a very physical experience. It's sort of behind the veil of the energetic field. So you can go in and as I scan through the body, I'm able to energetically go in and basically put my hands and feel how strong or how malleable that spot is. That's kind of the best way that I could describe it. I'm, it's such an energetic experience. Sometimes it's hard to put it into tangible words. 
Okay, gotcha. Wow. And um, so explain when you say auric field, what you mean by that. The auric field is are basically the layers of your being. So there's seven different layers that match similarly to how there's seven different chakras in the body. And each layer of the field holds different sorts of traumas and frequencies of the body. And so the deeper you get, the more high vibrational they become. And, and the seventh layer is basically a completely golden crystalline structure of your being. It's basically the most divine level of your consciousness that we can get on this physical plane. And the first layer kind of looks like a gray and black, kind of like static. And so that's usually the layer that I'll, that I'll look in because that is a very simple layer to go in and scan the body because it's very easy to tell where there are disturbances in the frequencies of your body. It'll either show up in those different spheres that I was talking about, or it'll show up where the frequencies are just going a completely opposite direction. I mean, if the body is moving like this and it goes like this, you could tell that there's something that gets to be shifted. So every each layer holds different energetic frequencies and meanings, but usually for the auric fields, I, I tap into the first one because that's where it, for me at the moment, that's where it's the easiest to see where there are some disturbances in the body. So let's just say people don't know about or kind of believe in energy and all that. Um, can you still work with them as a client? Absolutely. And I would love to talk about this a little bit more because I have so many clients who come in and say, I don't believe in healing. I don't believe in what you do. I think it's woo woo. And I think it's wonderful that they even stepped into my office. I mean, that is such a wonderfully open thing that they did with the current mindset that they have. But I have found that talking about healing and what I do is very tangible because of the way that I perform healing practices, because my, my energy work is based in the frequencies of the body. And that is a that is a basic principle of physics that everything is energy. Everything has a vibrational frequency. Everything has a wavelength. That's how we're able to see things. That's how we're able to feel things. That's how things, that's how energy moves. And so what I say is I am able to go in and see where the vibrational disturbances are in your body. And we're able to balance everything so that your whole body is working where it functions its best. And then we're able to take out all of the things that aren't serving you and all the, the frequencies that aren't functioning at their highest state. And there is a fabulous book called The Molecules of Emotion, which basically describes how there are neurotransmitters in the brain. That's how messages get sent through. That's how different, that's how the brain functions. But there are also neurotransmitters that go from the brain throughout the rest of our body and is located in all of our tissues, our muscles and everything. And that is how we experience physical ailments is it starts in the brain because that's where the neurotransmitters are connecting. And if you experience a trigger or a trauma or some sort of emotional distress, it's going to go through the body and it's going to find the place that that portion of your brain connects to, and it's going to flare up and it's going to have some sort of vibrational disturbance. And so that's how we get illnesses. That's how we get diseases, cancers, all these different things that come up in our body, swelling, there's so much that goes from the brain into the body and the way that I'm able to describe it to people is just 
it's energy. Everything is energy. Plants are energy. Humans are energy. Animals are energy. Everything has a frequency. That's how crystals work too. And so if you are open to the idea of energy and you understand the basic realm of physics, I think it's really easy to be open to this line of healing. Amazing. And so I, um, you want to share with everybody your, like what a healing session with you looks like in terms of your uh, talk therapy, your sound healing, your body work? Yeah, absolutely. So my healing sessions are two hours, my in-person ones. And they start out with an hour of life coaching where either you'll come in and tell me about something that you want to shift in your life that's not serving you. Or if you come in and you just want some intuitive guidance, I'll tap in and see what you know any sort of divine source is telling me that you get to shift in your life in order to become a being of unconditional love and to go back to your source. And then after we figure out kind of a game plan of what we would like to shift in your body, you'll lie down and we'll do some frequency healing. So I will do some chanting, we'll do some sound bowls. And that's basically to do two things. One, it sets up an ambiance for you to be open and to relax and get in the place where you are ready to receive body work. And two, the sound bowls have this really beautiful way of opening you up and allowing you to surrender to the body work because it it puts you in a state where you feel safe, you feel at home, you feel super comfortable lying in a bed and you're nice and warm and cozy. So you're much more receptive to the work that we're about to do. And then I'll go and tune your whole body through using tuning forks, which are, I have all the different seven chakras where these forks are tuned to the vibrational frequency in which your body functions at its best. So your body is all prepped and ready to go. And then I will go through your body and we'll do some pressure points and some basic massage maneuvers that will take out any sort of energy that's blocked or any sort of toxins or or just any sort of energetic buildup that's not serving you that's been caused from emotional distress trauma, any sort of childhood issues and anything like that. And we'll take it out and then we'll fill that with all the unconditional love and divine source and beautiful light. And I will close that off and then we'll go up throughout your body and get you into this beautiful state where we've taken out everything that we can in order for you to feel back to your source of love. And then I'll give you a big kiss on the forehead and a big hug and you'll be on your way. And you also do virtual sessions? I do. Those are an hour long and it's a half an hour of talking and then a half an hour of body work. It's a little bit different than the in-person ones because it's harder to give a, you know, a tangible frequency healing experience virtually. So what we'll do is the half an hour of body work. I'll go in and I will talk you through what I'm doing as I look into your energetic body and make those shifts energetically and at a distance. Wow. So we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what you call chaos theory. Um, We'll talk about you share about your friend who recently uh, died by suicide and how you have very strong connection to him. So we'll be right back, everybody. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, 
is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and today we're speaking with Lexi James, an intuitive life coach, energy healer, and my daughter. Welcome back, Lexi. Thank you, Mom. So one of my favorite things that you have taught me is about something that you refer to as chaos theory. Can you share with us what that means? Yes. So throughout different portions of a healer's life, we have different things that come to us that, you know, when we see different clients and we have different people that come to us, we just intuitively get that we get to share. And there has been one thing that came through uh, about two months ago that the first time after the first time I said it, I haven't been able to stop saying it to every one of my clients because it's, it's, it's been resonating with everybody. And it's what I currently call the unconscious chaos theory. So when I worked with a hypnotherapist, it was shared with me that from the ages of one to seven, you are basically in a constant state of, of hypnosis and everything that you are told and everything that you experience, you take into yourself, which makes sense because at that age, you're just welcome into this world. I mean, we're born, we can't even lift our own heads. I mean, we really depend on other people to support us, to give us life and to tell us who we are and how to live in this world and become independent so that we could survive. But we really depend on other people to give us life. So from the ages of one to seven, we're not only in that state of hypnosis trying to figure out who we are, but the only thing that really matters to us is survival. And I was watching an Alan Watts video on YouTube and he said that we are very attached beings when we're young because there's a certain level of us that can't really take care of ourselves yet. And so for pretty much the rest of our li- the rest of our lives, we refer back to the ages of one to seven in order to remind us how to survive. So from those years, we will recall, you know, when we were taught how to eat, when we were taught how to move our bodies, how we think about ourselves, what we think about the world. And that is how our subconscious collects all this information to lead us through the rest of our lives. And what I've noticed with a lot of people is that from literally day one, they were born into a life of chaos, whether it's their parents both have 
a lot of trauma that they push onto everybody else and themselves, or they are born into a family that truly does not like the way that they look and they're constantly doing, you know, unhealthy things to themselves and others, whether they're being abandoned by their parents or they are, they don't have present siblings or literally whatever it is, there is some sort of chaos in your life. And when you're young, there's not really a whole lot that you could do about it because you're dependent on all these different beings around you to keep you alive. And so for the rest of your life, you're going to try and unconsciously recreate all of these situations. And that's how we build different addictions to things because we're all addicted to something in a certain nature. There are bad addictions when it comes to, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And then there are other things like we're addicted to love and people and we're addicted to talking and sharing information and we're addicted to exercise or, or, or whatever we choose as our, as our everyday attachment. And so a lot of the times it's when we're older, we are more than capable of taking care of ourselves. We build abundance of money that we can purchase all these different things to nourish our body. We can move our bodies. We can buy clothes. You know, we know how to take care of ourselves, but there is that unconscious, basically you're stuck in the state of fight or flight, knowing that you need to have those things that you had from the ages of one to seven in order to survive. So if you had, for instance, a, a narcissistic father when you were a kid and that father was one of your caretakers and somebody that you experienced pretty often and it was somebody that helped give you life and took care of you, you are going to manifest other sort of narcissists. You're going to find it in a partner. You're going to find it in friends. You're going to find it in yourself. You're going to find a way to uh basically recreate that energy that you had before because there's a portion of your brain and this is going to sound intense but it's absolutely correct that if you do not have a narcissist in your life you will die because if you didn't have that person when you were a kid you wouldn't be alive you wouldn't have had somebody there to feed you give you life give you water give you shelter give you love i mean the most basic human emotion that we need well the most basic human need is love. That's the first thing that we need in the first hour of life. If we don't touch another human being and don't feel love in the first hour of life, we'll drop dead. That's just a thing that happens because it is the most basic need of the human being. So we receive love in different ways. We'll receive it by nourishment, by, you know, just any way of attachment and survival. So if somebody else who's experiencing, you know, we have the narcissist, we have, if, somebody else was experiencing chaos in their life where they're constantly purging all of their trauma onto you, but they still give you love, you are going to recreate and find somebody who is going to treat you that exact same way, even if it's not a nice way to you'll recreate that in your life because that is the person who kept you alive. If you don't have that, you have this experience that you may die. So it is an unconscious need for chaos to recreate those first seven years of your life because it is, it's just what we believe kept us alive. It's not this need that we need abusers. We need all these things. It's, it's not necessarily completely a self-sabotaging experience, but it breaks down to you believe that you need this in order to survive because that's the only way that you survived when you were at the stage of life where you did not know how to keep yourself alive. 
Wow. And what happens? How does one actually break out of this? Well, there's a few different methods. It depends on what you are attached to when you were a kid and how deep in your life you truly are and how long you've lived with this sort of chaos. So the first step, and this is the first step of almost any sort of healing, is acknowledging that this is happening in your life, that you have manifested all of these different things in order to keep you alive because that's what happened in your childhood. But the most important thing to acknowledge after you take account accountability for the fact that you created all of this chaos in your life is understanding that what we needed when we were at the ages of one to seven is not what we need anymore in order to survive. We needed those things at the moment because we needed those people to keep us alive. We need people to hold us. We need people to feed us, love us, because you can't get a job when you're four years old. You can't supply for yourself. You need people who know how to take care of themselves to take care of you. But you get to acknowledge that you don't need any of that anymore. All you need is to trust yourself that you know exactly what to do in order to keep you alive. Because as human beings, we really don't need that much. We need some love. We need some food. You know, we need, we need whatever we think we need. We get to nourish ourselves. We get to nourish the world. For me, something that I absolutely need is to feel passion all the time. You know, everybody needs different things in their lives, but what you don't need is for somebody else to take care of you. We are not attached to beings once we get out of the age where we don't need other people. But if you still believe that you are not capable of taking care of yourself in an effective way, you are going to recreate those first seven years of your life. So it's about truly embodying a being that trusts yourself to take care of yourself and understands that you are an individual. You have this your own developed beautiful level of consciousness and cognitive development, and you understand how to keep yourself alive and you don't need to depend on other people and you don't need to choose fight or flight or chaos in order to survive and live a really blissful, peaceful and happy life. So is it easy as just saying, I don't want it anymore and realizing it, or is it a little deeper than that? Well, that's the first step. So I always say that there are two steps in order to really make a shift in your life after acknowledging that you would like to change is you get to learn a lesson is step one, and you get to really acknowledge exactly what that lesson is in your life. And two, you get to embody that lesson every single day in your, in your ways of being, in your actions, in your words, in your thoughts for the rest of your life. If you let up for even a day, you're going to let that thing back in. You get to embody this lesson for the rest of your life. It is a growth is a lifelong process. It's not just something that you can, you know, graduate from. One of my clients just told me that she's graduated from therapy. And I've never heard that before because I didn't know that that was a thing that people experience. I mean, we've never arrived. We Life is constantly giving us opportunities to grow and to shift and to transform into this even more incredible being than we are in this present moment. So you get to be mindful that we've never arrived. You get to constantly work and remind yourself of the shifts that you're making. So if you are ready to get rid of the unconscious need for chaos, Every single day, you get to remind yourself by having a daily spiritual practice. So doing things like having a set of mala beads and going through and having different mantras to remind your cognitive 
you know, functioning that you do not need this attachment or whatever you decided to create from those years of one to seven. You get to meditate to calm down your brain and to get yourself out of that fight or flight. You get to do your inner child work, which is so important. It is so important because we are dealing with our inner child who feels that we still need other people to support us. And you are an adult. You are a parent to your inner child. No matter how old you are, you get to be a parent to that sweet little being who just needs a little bit of support. Because even when there's not other people around to support, you get to be there for your inner child. You get to show them, she or he, that they can be okay, that you have learned so much in this wonderful lifetime that you can teach them. Because if you just leave this child in your conscious mind to just brew and not learn all these incredible lessons, there's going to be a portion of you that actually believes that you still need all these things from your childhood in order to survive. But if you're able to reparent your inner child to trust you and your adult form and trust you to keep yourself safe and to survive and to thrive, you're not going to feel that need to recreate all that unconscious chaos. And just keeping that daily practice. You get to be completely devoted. There's two things that you need in order to heal. You get to have devotion and you get to have a level of surrender to let go of the things that just don't serve you anymore. Wow. And so when you started your practice, you said that um, you had a a trauma in your life where a friend died by suicide. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So like I was saying before, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do with my life. I was just kind of going with the flow. Just, you know, I worked at a sex shop for a little bit. I worked at my temple with the children for a little bit, which are two very different things, kept them very separate. And I, there was this one day I was doing my friend's hair and I get a call from one of my best friends from high school sharing with me that my first boyfriend that I had when I was 15 had passed away and I found out that he decided to end his life. And that you are there. I was not ready for that. I, I guess you're never really ready for somebody to pass away, but I, that just took me for a complete loop of, I was, anytime I closed my eyes, I kept on envisioning it happening. I I felt like I couldn't speak. I I mean, my whole world flashed before my eyes knowing that like anybody can leave at any point in time. And it, it just really threw me for a loop. But what was really beautiful about it was I had an experience where I was sitting in my car with one of my other really good friends from high school. And I was just doing some breathing. I was trying to calm myself down because it it had already been a full day since I figured it out. And I was really scared. I didn't know what to do. I, I just, everything, nothing felt real. And then I felt a little tap on my shoulder. And then I was like, uh, hello? Like, I don't know what that was. And then I hear this person go, Lexi? I was like, uh, what? <laughs> yes, it's me. And it was him. And he started talking to me. And this, oh my gosh, it's it's ridiculous all the things that he was saying because the moment that I told him that I can hear him, he just went, Woo! Oh my gosh, I can talk. I found somebody who can hear me. It was so exciting. But he looked into my field, and one of the first things that he told me was, 
You need to be healing. What are you doing? You are, you, you need to utilize the things that you have been given and all these gifts that all these beings have been giving you and you get to support people. I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. And if I knew that you had this power, I would have went to you too. So I'm going to hold you accountable every single day for the rest of your life so that you can do all these things so that you can prevent what happened to me and you can help the world. And that was a lot to hear after figuring out that your ex-boyfriend just killed himself. I mean, that was just like, uh, okay. Sounds great. And he's holding me accountable very, very often, which is a huge blessing. He was an actor, so he does it in a very extravagant way. So it's never boring. But that was, I guess, what I needed to show me my power and to show me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be utilizing all these beautiful gifts that all of these wonderful, incredible healers have given me and taught me. And I get to spread it to the world. And I get to teach people all the things that I know so that they can spread. And it could be a huge domino effect of healing and love because the world needs it right now. This has not been an easy time for anybody and life is not an easy time for anybody. But if I or you or anybody has something that has made your life easier or has helped somebody else, you get to spread it. And there have been so many teachings that I have listened to and embodied and have absolutely loved in my life that I share with people every single day. And now I have my own office. I have my own practice and I am the happiest human being. I am the happiest human being in the world because I get to go to my own office that actually my friend and my guru helped me find. And I get to sit in my space with these incredible human beings and their beautiful souls that ask for support and share with me their lives and trust that I can support them. And I have the best job in the world. And that's how my practice was created. And I am going to do this every single day until the day that I die, because when you find who you are and you step into that divine path and into your soul's purpose and mission, nothing else, nothing, nothing can stop you from doing that every single day for the rest of your life. It's the biggest gift I've ever been given. And it started with something that I saw as a really negative thing, but death is a rebirth. And I chose to make it a beautiful new experience for my ex-boyfriend and for me to work together and to change lives. And that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. That is so beautiful. And what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, I have a website, healwithaj.com. I have an Instagram, which is at healwithaj. And you can message me, you can text me, direct message me, give me a call. I love talking to people and come for a session. I would love to meet you. This is this is my favorite thing to do in the whole world. So if you have something that you would like to shift, I hope that you can give me your trust and know that I will love you and help you shift it in a really beautiful way. And just give me a chance to do what I love. That is so beautiful. Um, We will list the website and all the information in the show info. And Lexi, on behalf of um, our friends, on behalf of your friend that passed, to help you help heal the world. Wanna let you know that you are amazing. Woo, bee bear hug.
Love you. I love you too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.